Selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Think about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happier. Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl Amy here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? We have all kinds of stuff going on. The heat index is high. We're here. We're focused. And I can't wait to kick this podcast off today, Daryl. It's so exciting. We're having so much fun. We're in the middle of the summer. We've got an incredible conversation <laughs> uh, with a fellow Canadian today. I'm so excited. Now y'all are going to gang up on You're me. You're going to love it. We're totally ganging up on you. <laughs> Thank you to everybody out there, by the way, who is leaving reviews, liking and subscribing on YouTube. I understand, Larry, that we're now the number one business podcast in Sweden. So it's really great. I just oh, totally made that all, up. It, it, it's, all, it, <laughs> it's all good. We're on YouTube now. We, we we spare no expense on doing hair and makeup for the Selling from the Heart podcast. Unbelievable. That's, let's get this thing rolling, man. Check us out on YouTube. It is a lot of fun to engage with the guests. And as we grow that audience, if you'll hit subscribe when you go over to YouTube, sure would help us out. We've got a great conversation today. As we get started, though, a huge shout out to everybody in the Selling for the Heart Sales Leaders Mastermind. The Sales Leaders Mastermind. Sales leadership is a critical thing right now. And Larry, we teased it last week. Now we get to announce it. We are partnering with our good friend, Dave Sanderson, to announce the Breakthrough Sales Leaders Retreat coming this October. I am so excited about this event. It's it's going to be one great event, but what we do know is this is challenging time for sales leaders, and this is mm-hmm. going to be one great event to help sales leaders build those genuine, authentic sales teams to help them thrive into the latter part of this year. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a time we've got to figure things out. I'm, I'm putting the uh, URL right now because I know you're going to want some information on this. Sales Breakthrough Sales Leader Retreat. It, it's at BreakthroughSalesRetreat.com. There we go. Let's get this, uh, let's get this up on the screen for all of our friends. And what's going to be exciting about this is you're going to get the mindset, the skill set, and the tool set uh, to breakthrough to the next level. And right now, as we've been saying, sales leadership is super challenging. So that's why we're excited to have a leadership expert, sales guru, Larry Levine. I'm going to bring a revenue <laughs> operations and enablement side. You're going to leave with a 100-day breakthrough plan. It's going to be a blast coming October 20th uh, to beautiful, sunny Fort Worth, Texas. Mark your calendars. Go to BreakthroughSalesRetreat.com take advantage of the early bird pricing. You're going to want to be a part of this event. It's going to be so much fun. Larry, we've got an incredible conversation today. This is the first time on the Selling for the Heart podcast we've introduced this topic called the imposter syndrome. I'm so fired up. Let's uh, let's invite our friend (laughs) Ali to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Ali, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. Hi. Uh, This is going to be a fun time hanging out with you guys. I think you can already tell, but this is, hey, before, before just so everyone know, before we started recording this, I said, Ali, we brought you on the podcast because this was a couch moment for both Daryl and I. So we welcome you to the podcast. Welcome to Dr. Phil. Yeah. It That's is. Right. 
This is going to be really powerful for all of our, our sales leaders, especially the high performers, which is the whole Selling from the Heart podcast audience. I know this topic is going to be powerful, but before we dive in, Ali, you know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? For me, it means to have the courage to be your authentic self as a salesperson and to not feel like you need to you know, be a sleazy salesperson or take on all these other personas that we're so accustomed to. And so for me, it's really the bravery and the courage to be 100% yourself as a salesperson. Oh, I love this because I'm a massive fan of, of Dr. Brene Brown. One mm -hmm. of these days, it's my lifelong mission. I don't know how we can pull this off. Brene, if get, you're listening. Yeah. If, <laughs> to get Dr. Brene Brown to come on this yeah. podcast would be the That's ultimate so because she good. talks about being brave and being courageous. And I think, you know, for me, it's, you know, you're going to talk about superpowers here in a second, you know, when it comes to imposter syndrome and so forth. But I'm a big believer that our superpowers, if we can really hone in deep on this, it's to be brave and be courageous and mm -hmm. just be who we are. But to be who we are requires us to get to know who we are. And mm -hmm. I think you'd agree upon that, Allie, right? Well, that's basically the business that I'm in, right? So you mentioned the superpower and, you know, maybe a bit of a cheeky title, <laughs> but it's what you said. Like the whole point is if you're feeling like an imposter, well, quite literally, you probably are acting like an imposter somewhere in your life, right? Like you're trying to fit in or you're trying to like put on a veneer or a mask or in some ways. I, I went through that so many times in my career. And what you're missing out on is your superpower, which is you. Like no one else can be you, right? Your biggest com competitive advantage is you, right? And so typically when you're feeling imposter syndrome, you're, you're, you are acting somewhat out of feel you know the out of or like you are acting like an imposter to a certain degree right so mm -hmm. that to me is more the call right imposter syndrome is the call that if you're willing to you know answer it it's the call to go inwards to like you said get to know you right and the problem is is we take on you know thing you know we take on trying to be like other people or what we see in the world because we don't know who we are right we don't know like who the authentic us is and what we value what we're really good at so it's just easier to take on someone else's you know style so for example i had a at a client yesterday who um got some hard feedback and none of it was too shocking but it was it was all still a bit like ooh, this was a hard pill to swallow because what he realized is like I'm totally acting out of my imposter syndrome. Thank God I got an imposter syndrome coach. But when he, was realizing, <laughs> he knew, he knew. What he was realizing Sorry. is that everything he was doing was just mimicking his boss, right? So mm. mimicking what he learned from his boss. Like, so, oh, they would do this, so I should do this. Meaning not listening to themselves, not trusting himself, right? And not just doing what he believes, right? Because he thinks, well, I don't know enough. You know, I'm not skilled enough. I'm not experienced enough. So I should just mimic someone else and it'll all be fine. Right. Well, then he gets all this feedback that it's not so fine. And he was like, well, maybe if I was just being myself, so it was this like aha moment for him of like, wow, like I'm actually just going to be brave, right. Be courageous enough to, to be myself now, instead of like always just trying to mimic someone else. I love it. I love it. If you were to put a definition behind the term imposter syndrome, how would you define that? 
Yeah. So, you know, the technical term is incessant negative thoughts about your performance, despite evidence of success. Right. Are you speaking to me, Allie? For I, I, I swear. the meter. I, I, I had to go there just really quick. And my apologies, but I remember this is a shout out to Dr. Garland Vance because he's talked about how to get unbusy. And when he started sharing about how to get unbusy, I swear he was looking at me. So, Daryl, I think you were in cahoots with Allie. You set me up on this. We one. got you Sorry, surrounded Allie. here. So, incessant <laughs> negative thoughts about yourself. <laughs> despite evidence to the contrary. Yeah, evidence of success. So it's really funny when I do corporate workshops, especially, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is true for anyone, but you know, we have, I have a hundred people in this corporate workshop and I say that definition obviously every time. And, and I say to them, you know, none of you are here because you've failed your way here, right? You're all in this position at this tech company because you've succeeded your way here, right? Like, of course you've been successful. No one in the history of time has just, failed over and over and over again until oblivion, right? Of course, we've experienced success, but it's just not recognizing it, not believing it, not, you know, not taking in that evidence or using that evidence mm. in future times of need. Mm. So how does it all begin? Like, where, where does, like, at some point, now we're getting we're all, oh, yeah, yeah, now we're getting Dr. Phil. Know, like at some point, we're all kids walking around in, you know, our superhero uniforms and costumes and things totally. changing the world. Then we get out into the into the quote unquote real world. Like where where does this all start going wrong? Where did we stop being ourselves? Mm, okay, well, so there, uh, Gabor Mate, who is a like a well known author and and doctor, he talks about how we as children, as humans, there's like two really conflicting parts of us. There is this need to be authentic and there's this need to be attached, right? We are mm -hmm. attachment beings, of course. Like we are the only species on this earth that is literally like absolutely health helpless out of the womb. You know what I mean? Like we need our mothers to survive. So we create an attachment bond. You can never, there's no human that has existed without attachment, right? So it's a survival technique the the attachment that we that we desire and that 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 we need but at the same time what makes us uniquely human not to get super like technical here but like what makes us uniquely human as opposed to being an animal is that we have a prefrontal cortex so we are literally the only species on this planet that has a prefrontal cortex every species has a limbic system us included and your survival part of your brain the fight flight part comes from your limbic system so attachment comes from your limbic system attachment mm -hmm. is like if i don't if i'm not attached to my mother i will die right so mm -hmm. survival right but then we have this prefrontal cortex and it's like needs something to do right and so its need is for um authenticity and autonomy Wow. Right. So okay. at some point in our lives, we have to make a decision to say, do I want attachment or do I want authenticity? Right. And as a child, there doesn't seem to be a choice, obviously. Right. Because right. you're like, no, I think I'm choosing attachment because pretty sure I'm going to die if I don't have a parent. <laughs> like, oh, right. Old, right. Yeah. So attachment and our survival um, mechanisms and um, pathways in our brain become so well paved in our in our minds, right? Then we get to the adult world where, yes, you can kind of be more independent and, and have more autonomy and whatnot, but we have had so many years of practice of mm. the attachment part of our brain and that survival part of our brain that we then act through that part of our brain throughout our adult years too, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's kind of where 
it all start if you the question was like where does it all start right mm -hmm. and it starts to go wrong is when we don't actually start exercising the fact that we can have autonomy right mm -hmm. and that we can be authentic and it's going to be okay but when we were a child we we traded authenticity so the need to be our our true selves for attachment meaning we also told ourselves well it's not safe to be myself right it's safer to be attached, to make people happy, to do things that will be of value to people, right? Which is like the basis of workaholism, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you are when you are evaluated and given love based on your value, like what you produce for your parents or like, you know, doing yard work or whatever it is, you start to develop this understanding of yourself as kind of like a product, right? Like there is value in me when I produce things. So then when we become, become adults, I mean, who doesn't say this as an adult? I want to be valuable. You know, I want to be a valuable asset to the team. I want to be right. That comes from childhood. We've, we got reinforced as children that like our value comes not from our authentic selves, but from what we produce and what we can, you know, give. And so it just gets all jumbled up. We get to be an adult and then, you know, someone is going to listen to this conversation and be like, why did no one tell me that? Why did no one teach me this? And I'm like, I've been making all these mistakes and trying to fit in and, you know, have all these problems. Like, no one taught me this and no one does. This is not like mainstream, you know, studies, if you will. Wow. This, this is what's interesting. And I'm fast. I'm totally just, I'm hooked in on this conversation. I'm like laser focused on this one. But here's what was interesting. When you brought up attachment and authenticity, I'm listening to what you're saying. And this is what's racing through my head right now is I'm thinking about all those salespeople around the world on sales teams right now and how they choose attachment. Mm-hmm over authenticity and where I'm going with attachment and, and correct me if I'm like off base on this, please, Allie, yeah. is when I think of attachment as, Hey, I got to fit into this. Right. So I'm going to sacrifice my authentic self to fit into the culture that however it's been defined on this sales team. Mm -hmm. And then I start doing things that may not go against who I really am, but I want to fit in. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I want to feel like I'm part of something. And then before you know it, all of a sudden you get this, whoosh, you get it to smack across the face, maybe by yourself or something like that. And you go, Hey, what the heck is going on? Is yeah, that what is my life? Yeah. You, you, do you see that? Yes. One. And, and I mean, to a certain degree, like, I think like tech companies and sales companies, I mean, they're brilliant. Like they literally feed off of our human psychology and behavior. Right. So to that point, like you're always in a team. Why? Because we're attachment beings, right? Like they, mm -hmm. That's not crazy, right? Organizational, you know, um, behav behavioral science and organizational science, like, would tell you that, right? So first, the, the team thing to to kind of, you know, um, hook you in with the attachment. But then there's also um, all the like dashboards, right? The comparison and the competitiveness, mm -hmm. and right, which is all just feeding. It's all feeding our limbic system. It's all feeding that survival part of our brain, right? Because that part of our brain says, "I need to," like I just said, "I need to produce in order to be accepted in this crowd, in order to be valuable," right? So, absolutely, you're totally on on base with that. Wow. So I just see. I mean, I'm just seeing it crystal clear right now. How wanting to be attached hurts our ability to be authentic. And then boom, we're now in the trap. We're in the trap of imposter syndrome because now the part of me that actually wants that affirmation, the part of me that, that wants that attachment 
is going, well, I'm getting it, but it's not even the real me that's getting it. Exactly. So now, now we're in this like spiral of, yeah. of uh, stuff. And this is, this is like, what we're talking about here is resonating um, with, with our friends that are listening in and with Larry and myself, because it's real, like this mm -hmm. is real stuff going on. So and no one really talks about it at work. Like I remember when no, I was no, exactly. no same here. So same weakness here. Yeah. in sales. Are you kidding no me? No. Oh yeah. Like, I, and so that's why I ended up finding external help. So I went and found a coach. That's kind of what happened, you know, what got yeah. me on my coaching journey. But I, I essentially, the really short story was that I got promoted from BDR to AE. Right. And it's a totally different ball game. Right. And I was mm -hmm. not successful right off the bat, which in my, you know, conditioned mind i'm going to be a failure if i'm not immediately successful which i'm sure all of your high performing salespeople have told themselves <laughs> at some point or still do and which is just you know it's just utter crap um but so i'm freaking out and i'm beating myself up and i'm beating everyone else up in my head right not not like verbally or anything like that wow. but just creating this in total spiral right? Total spiral. And I had no courage at that point. <laughs> Speaking of courage, <laughs> I had no courage at that point to go to my boss and really kind of get super vulnerable. I did go to my boss in a very like, you know, what they tell you, take the emotions out of it, right? Be very yeah. factual, which, I, which is fair in certain situations, but where is the room for actually being a human that has feelings and emotions? Because everything is about emotions, right? And so I can't, you know, I, I showed him the facts of why I thought I wasn't going to be successful. And he was, and he responded in a very factual way, which is like, keep on keeping on, you know, <laughs> like he did not address my feelings. He did not address my emotions, but that's because I didn't set up the conversation that way. And nor do I think he was really, you know, equipped to have that conversation per se. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to get what I need here. I definitely don't have the courage or the bravery to have the real conversation that I need to be having. So I saw it external help in a coach right wow yeah you know i i love this because you know i have flashbacks of past podcast guests who've openly spoken about this from brandon fluharty to ian cognac even our good friend tim ohai right mm -hmm. in sales enablement has spoken about this and, I, and i'm just a big believer and we just and again i don't think enough of this is being brought to the forefront in sales because what happens is a lot of times we we hone in on the skill set part of sales we work on product knowledge and piecing deals together and opening deals and, and things like that, right? All the things that we can kind of clump into sales skills. But mm -hmm. I think there's two missing components to this. You're touching on one and we touch on the other part of it in Selling from the Heart Alley. It's mindset and heart set. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to be able to get our minds right because I, and Daryl and I have these deep conversations. I mean, there's not a, and I'll throw my hand up on this one because I'm comfortable enough saying it. There's not a day that goes by that I don't have flashes of what you're talking about that mm. run through my head. And I constantly, I make it a conscious effort to work on my mindset and positive affirmations and try to flip the switch and uncover when is it that I go down that avenue and how do I snap out of it really quick? Because otherwise it takes you down paths that are just horrible. Yeah. And dead ends, really. You know, yeah. or like, I mean, not even a dead end. It's a loop, right? Like going down the kind of path of like, what was me? Or like, you know, all these negative things about yourself. It only, you're, you, it's like, it never leads to this grander place. It always keeps you in the loop, right? Mm. 
so you got to help us out here because <laughs> I see. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, hey, it's for me. So. Like, like, what? What do you? Where do you just? Where do you even begin to? I mean, we're identifying this. We're calling it out. Where do you begin to end the loop on this and hmm. um, and deal with this imposter syndrome? Coach us for a few minutes, if you will. Yeah. So okay. So there's a couple couple things for sure. So one, obviously like anything is awareness, right? Because, um, we, are, we've been, like I said, we've been governed by our limbic system for so long. The wiring is so ironclad, right? I, the, the best way I describe it is like the wiring that, you know, governs your limbic system, um, is like a five lane highway in your, in your mind. Right. So mm -hmm. stimulus happens. Well, five lane highway is the fastest way to get there. So I'm going <laughs> to, Right. I'm going to go through the limbic system, which is always going to be some judgment, which is going to create stress or anxiety or, or something like some kind of a negative emotion, if you will. Right. And whereas the prefrontal cortex neural pathways are like a dirt road. So your brain's like, screw that. Like I'm taking the five lane highway. Right. So but we all know that neuroplasticity exists. Right. That we can change the wiring and the structure of our brains. Right. And so it takes conscious effort to start paving that dirt road. Right. So mm. like just make it a paved road and then make it a two lane street and then, you know, so on and so forth. And the first step is the awareness. Right. So what are what are the thoughts? What do they actually say? You know, for example, like one of them is like, I'm not good enough. But do you actually say that to yourself or do you say it in different words that mean that? Right. Mm -hmm. Getting really, really clear about like, what is the language that you actually use with yourself mm -hmm. in your own mind? When does it come up the most? Like, what are the areas and the, you know, topics that it, that it shows up, you know, the most. And, um, and, and I like tell people to like, write it down, like be actually very, very conscious of these, of these thoughts. Right. Because they've been, I mean, they've been there for, for forever. We, we probably think we know them, but it would probably take a second to write them all down because, they're just so they're like so unconscious now. Like, you know, we, we know probably know the feeling more so than what the words are saying. Right. Mm -hmm. So from by writing them down and being more conscious of the areas in which it shows up most. Well, now you have like kind of more of a blueprint to say, well, perfect. When I'm in this arena. Right. I know that these are the type of thoughts that are going to come up. So how can I like prepare for this? How can I start now to rewrite these thoughts? So whenever you know, I'm about to public speak and I'm telling myself that no one's going to believe me and everyone's going to laugh at me. How can I rewrite that script right now? So in that moment, I can pull like pull upon that script versus always just listening to the old talk track. Right. So it's like awareness and then um, not believing, not buying into the actual thought and rewriting the script and doing it literally over and over and over again. Because like I said, the five lane highway, you know, is so strong. We need to build that dirt road into an actual street. So that repetition of changing the thought, rewire, uh, changing the thought, reframing the thought is paving the highway. So that's kind of step one, if you will. Mm -hmm. The second part to for that's important to me, at least that I that I work on with my clients is um, so that's like kind of the parts that you want to update, like an operating system that you want to update. But then let's talk about like the heart stuff, right? So you said mindset, but let's talk about the heart stuff, which is like, what do you truly value? So I, I do a values exercise, talk about Brene Brown, you know, very much a Brene Brown type of exercise on values to really get down to your two core values in life. Because, you know, if I ask both of you right now, you could probably name off like five to 10. 
but that doesn't really serve you. I mean, it's nice, but it doesn't really serve you in terms of a compass for yourself, right? If you have 10 different data points that you have to evaluate every decision against, well, like no decision is ever going to feel easy. And that's why so many people, so many of my clients say like, I don't know what decision to make. Like I labor over these decisions. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Because when you've constantly been, you know, operating as if, you know, trying to be someone else or trying to act like someone else, like you're always deferring your decision-making to someone else too, right? Mm -hmm. You haven't even developed a decision-making process for yourself. So understanding your core values is your way of now having a decision-making process for yourself, which makes life immensely more easy because everything in life is a decision. Everything. Like, should I drink this bottle of water right now or in five minutes? Like, that's a decision that I need to make, <laughs> right? Like, but yeah. your whole life is just a constant slew of decisions, right? And if and if you don't know how to make them because you're just picking and choosing, you know, ones that might work, I don't know, right? There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of uncertainty that comes from that, right? So the two core values now become your internal compass for decision-making about everything in your life, your career, your partner, where you want to live, like how you want to design your house, all these different things, right? And it's it's transformative. Like my clients say, it's one of the best um, one of the best exercises that we do because it really does give you a totally different perspective of how you're running your life. Because you can immediately look at your life and say, okay, these are my two core values. Am I honoring them right now in what mm -hmm. I do and who I hang out with and what I eat and how I treat myself? And am I honoring myself? Uh, am I honoring these values right now? And you can rate yourself on a scale of one to ten, which I make my clients do. And you know, most of the time. <laughs> They're not. That's why they're in coaching, right? <laughs> and and then they're like, "Wow, this makes total sense. Why, you know, I'm not happy, or like I don't feel fulfilled, or just like things just feel hard all the time, right?" It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, every day you're not in alignment with yourself, right? Because your your core values are also your needs too. So your core needs as a human aren't really being met, other than your survival needs, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your core needs are just not being met. So of course, yeah, you feel pretty crummy, right? Um, so I would say like, those are the starting points, those two. So understanding the negative self-talk and rewriting it, and then really understanding your core values. Boy, this, wow. <laughs> oh, so, wow. So, for you too. Yeah. Well, we just <laughs> opened up a can, Larry. Oh my, <laughs> I, you know what? It's too bad this podcast is is short because this thing this could be a marathon Joe Rogan esque type podcast. Oh, I know, I know. But but, but here's what's here's Put what's Larry on the couch. It'll be the bonus uh, episode. It'll be the bonus episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. There's more. Yeah, join our but, Patreon group for the bonus. That's right, Larry on the couch. That's our new uh, bonus episode series. Yeah. You know, Sorry, I, I just no, it's you know, it's all good. I just think about you know yeah. all the decades you know in sales that I've had, right, and so forth. Is this whole how we're compared and how we're benchmarked mm. and all that? I just think is the massive facilitator to imposter syndrome. Hundred percent. And you know that that's that's the thing is I'm sitting here and I yeah. have all these flashes of right all these things that are going on inside my head and I go man comparison comparison we're stacked right we're benchmarked we're compared to this right we're constantly being looked at in 30 day windows 60 day window windows where do we fit at quarter end where are we at at year end and it weighs on us so bad that i believe right we got to flip the dynamics in in our sales culture because the sales culture in my opinion is fueling imposter syndrome 100 percent. i could not agree with you more and here's here's the saddest part i think right is uh, you know, I, I 
been in sales, like all of my jobs have all been in sales and, you know, 15 plus years of it. And now as an entrepreneur or solopreneur, whatever you want to call me with my own coaching business, obviously I still have to sell, right? Of course, I wouldn't have a business if I didn't. So I cannot tell you how grateful I am to have a sales background. Like the, my ability to kind of, you know, experience pretty like immediate success as a coach has been so amazing because I have a sales background. Cause I have other friends who are coaches who are like, you know, just not getting leads, not, not converting leads, you know, not getting clients. And I'm just like, what do you mean? You know, cause it's so natural for me to like right. understand how to get a lead, understand how to convert a lead, like all that stuff. It's so easy for me. It's so natural for me to, to, you know, my sales skills. So I'm so freaking grateful that I have a sales background, right? It is the most important tool. Like I think honestly, everyone on this planet needs because you're no matter what you do in life, you are selling, you're selling yourself at every moment, you know, you're going to sell something at some point. And it's such a freaking shame yeah. that we have to make yeah. it so judgy and comparison and competent. And it just becomes this place where no one wants to be right. Like no one wants to be in the wow. freaking lion's den all day yeah. long, uh. exhausting, you know, like, sure. Does it fuel like, you know, you to work harder and like work on yourself? Sure. I get that. Right. But like there are, it's just too extreme for me personally. And of course I wouldn't even have probably felt imposter syndrome if I hadn't been in sales. Right. So I guess I'm grateful <laughs> for that too. <laughs> but like it, it all came from the dashboard and like, yeah. oh, other, you know, other people's comments like, Oh, like leaving at four 30, you know? And you're like, what the, you know, you're like, I have a just never mind, you know, like <laughs> stop it. Right. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, because, boy. But everyone is judgmental in sales because that is the culture. You have that's a right. dash judging everyone. Of course. What are you going to think that everyone's just like compassionate and accepting? No, that's not the culture. Uh -oh. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a great conversation. I'm so glad you joined us today. Ali, this exactly. has been phenomenal. How can folks get more of you in their life? Yes. So where I hang out most five days a week, at least is LinkedIn. So I'm Ali Rosacos, imposter syndrome coach on LinkedIn. Um, I do a weekly, sorry, not weekly. I do a monthly free workshop that we get deeper into some of the stuff that we started talking about today. So it's typically the first Wednesday of the month. And in order to register and or find more details, go to my website, which is AliRosacos.com. Fantastic. Oh, this is so I good. will be there. This has been so great. Ali, thank you so much. You're what Thanks a for having me, guys. What a treat. This is let me know when we do Larry on the couch. Just <laughs> that's uh, right. That's oh, couch. A whole whole hey, new hey, podcast Ali, series. Ali, that's, that's it's never part, ending. That's part, that's part two and three, but <laughs> yeah. oh boy. <laughs> that's how we'll yeah, that's how we'll fund your therapy, Larry. We'll sell tickets to it. That'll be yeah. great. <laughs> oh well, are we gonna do LinkedIn lives? No, that'd be horrible. Oh my gosh. Oh boy, this is going uh, downhill quickly. Ali, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. We appreciate you. Uh, take care. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Uh, Daryl, you, know, you set this up. I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. Hey, look, this, I mean, she was ringing the bell on this because this oh. is such a unstated issue in sales. I think the moment, you know, the moment you write a book and put your name on a book and become an author, the whole word imposter syndrome comes in your life really quickly. I'd never really seen it in sales, but it is crystal clear to me right now. Larry, I think one of the biggest things that uh, that came out of this conversation, there were a lot, um, I'm sure we'll be unpacking this a lot in the years to come, but I think one of the biggest things of this conversation to our sales leaders, friends, is what kind of culture are you creating? Yep. I mean, this is an important thing. 
thinking about the culture and intentionally creating a heart, you know, a, a selling from the heart type sales culture, um, an authentic sales culture is such a game changer. It, it, it so is. And, and I can't tell you, and I know Ali would agree to this is I can't tell you how many times I've engaged with salespeople in conversations, right. And mm -hmm. so forth who don't feel safe to open up about how they truly feel with their own manager and think about that and how that gets suppressed and how that gets squashed and how that plays on sales results and how that plays on their psyche. I mean, this stuff, I wish more people would talk about this and be, and be open to even having these discussions. Cause you know, this Daryl, this weighs on me all the time. Well, this is like, like I said, this is going to be a topic of discussion a lot in the months and years to come. Um, and if you are a sales leader and you're thinking about this and you go, how, how do I create a sales culture? I can't think of a better way to get that started than the breakthrough sales leader retreat. That's one of the, going to be one of the key topics, key takeaways in your hundred day breakthrough plan is looking at your culture. So we want you to be there. It's going to be October 20th. It, uh, it is going to be fantastic with you, me, Dave Sanderson, and we're going to have a great time. So go to BreakthroughSalesRetreat.com, get your ticket. And uh, until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, deal with imposter syndrome, and most of all,